think we've got to be the body to rock it like we're never going to see it again. We are exploding. The world is going to know it. We'll rock it like you're never going to see us again. Coming to you live from 1640 AM, Ironbound Radio. This is Pure Gold live and on the air for this Wednesday night, October 24th, 2012. Welcome to the sports show that covers everything and anything and tells it like it is. My name is Joe Pacino, and as always, my tag team partner and co-host seated to my left is David Gomez. Sir, how are you? Doing great, sir. Excited about our show here on 1640 AM, as you mentioned, in Newark, New Jersey, the great city of Newark. Folks, make sure you check us out every week. We'll be here 6 to 7.30 p.m. Check out our website, puregopg.com. Of course, you can also check out ir1640.com, where you can check out Everything going on, you can check out our show, which, of course, uh, which we just learned, sir, will be simulcast uh, on Ustream, simulcast on our website, and, of course, repeated at, I believe it's Saturday, 9 to 10.30 p.m., so if you're up late, you have nothing to do, you should be out doing something, but check out Pure Gold anyway, sir. Sir, it's safe to say we are definitely, obviously, maybe ready for a great show. <laughs> yes, sir, I would say that is uh, correct. Folks, on our first program on Ironbound Radio, tonight we'll be talking about the NFL Week 7 review. We'll be talking about Week 8, which is next week, coming up in a couple days. The baseball playoffs, we're now finally at the Fall Classic. We will rip Nelson to no end because the Yankees (laughs) went down with a whimper like we thought. Sweet. We'll be talking to actress and host Nikki Boyer. Hans will be finally joining us for the whole time, finally, with his entertainment report. We'll get into some wrestling talk as Hell in the Cell is this Sunday. And then finally, we'll preview some NBA since the basketball season starting. The hockey season isn't. Woo. And then finally, we'll end it with my favorite segment, They Stink, Sir. Of course, sir. But, sir, let me ask you, <laughs> how excited are you to be on Iron Bound Radio? I am very excited. I see Nelson fooling around on the laptop over there, which is, uh, which is always good stuff to see. I see all the wonderful equipment here. I see on the screen that we're also on camera, which is pretty cool. Got my Captain America shirt. You, of course, have your pure gold shirt. So uh, that's a plus. That is a plus. Got to love that. Made by Design and Stitch, by the way, the wonderful company. So we welcome all your calls. Yes, we do. We'll take your call, 714-364-4721. First on the docket is the NFL, sir. Well, the NFL. Where should we start? Let's look at the wonderful Super Bowl defending the champions, folks. The New York Giants, my football team. Sir, I have to say the Giants are absolutely lucky that they got out of Washington with a win. <laughs> Thank God they weren't in Washington. They absolutely. In That's what I meant. They were playing the Redskins. So <laughs> forgive the confusion. I'm just here. You know, it's in Newark. So what can I tell you? But, yes, yeah, sir, it's a good thing they got out of the game with Washington. Um, I thought they were going to lose. Honestly, RG3 was all over the place. The last couple of drives, sir, sixed up. But, of course, all the fumbles did help the Giants win the game. There's no doubt about that. Uh, watching that game, the defense could not contain RG3 at the end, and I was worried, sir. Then, of course, Eli comes in typical Eli fashion, two plays, touchdown, and the Giants did win after, of course, another fumble by the Redskins. Really close game. Um, you know, RG, really. RG3 is the real deal. Um, I think it'll take him a couple of years to become a really elite player like Eli Manning, but I think he had a good game. Uh, the Giants pulled out a, a game that they had to win, sir. They were 0-2 in the division. They had to win Sunday. Yeah, we talked about that last week. Uh, I believe it was on our uh, Wednesday show, the abbreviated Wednesday show that we did. Uh, the Giants were desperate for a win in the division. They got the win, barely. 
But, folks, a win is a win. The Giants did what they had to do. Victor Cruz, of course, leading the team with, I believe, it's seven touchdowns. Great catch that he made. And you know what? I if the if the Redskins hadn't scored that final touchdown, which they should not have, my score would have been spot on, sir. Uh, Twenty-seven to seventeen was my score, the, what I had predicted. But ultimately, what matters is the Giants are now five and two. They're five and two, and they're um, I still think they're the best team in the NFL, sir. I mean, you look at um, the undefeated Falcons, and I don't think they've played really anybody. The Giants at least played the the 49ers and San Fran, laid a smackdown on them. Of course. And now they're one and two in the, the, their own division, and I think that, you know, this is where they probably will start taking off. I think they're going to have a really good year this year. Um, usually that spells disaster for them. Usually. In the playoffs. So. Yeah. Playoffs? Playoffs. Um, so the, the biggest play of the game was that Eli Cruz to, to I mean, the Eli Manning to, to Cruz 77-yard bomb. Uh, what I don't get is um, Mike Shanahan prides himself on defense. The Redskins pride themselves on defense. They just score a touchdown. And then they give up a 77-yard bomb. I mean, that, that to me is the cardinal sin. You're right, sir. You're absolutely right. Um, elaborate on that a little bit further, sir, for our fans at home. <laughs> well, let's just face it. <laughs> you, you don't play prevent defense. And I don't know if the Washington Redskins were playing prevent defense, but they gave up a touchdown right after they scored a touchdown. I mean, yeah. Well, it's like I mentioned, that touchdown that they scored should have never happened, but the Giants couldn't contain it. Is there a fourth and ten? At the end of the game, you got less than two minutes left. You, you tell me that you're going to make that pass. RG3 ran around the place. I mean, literally, like, the Giants weren't even there. And then makes a touchdown right across the middle of the field. Uh, touchdown. He makes a first down right across the middle of the field, and they immediately go, boom, score it up. Not good, sir. But you're right. So you immediately come back two plays, sir, two plays, and give up a 77-yard bomb. Shows why the Redskins stink. Um. Does anything worry about you about the Giants right now? I know that you're defending Super Bowl champions, but their defense, they're still giving up a lot of points right now to, um, I don't know if they're really good teams. Redskins have a rookie quarterback. Are you concerned at all by their defense so far? Um, honestly, no, I'm not concerned about the defense sir. I go back to the same thing that I mentioned last week. What really concerns me is the fact that they cannot score in the red zone. Again, I mentioned it. Eli Manning, those bombs, that's where the Giants get their touchdowns, but all throughout the game, they were there. They were at the 20-yard line. They weren't able to make it. They weren't able to get across to the end zone. That upset me because I'm watching them. They should have scored more points, so they should have made it happen, and they, they eked out a win. But that is concerning to me because, uh, yeah, Eli is great in the fourth quarter. Eli is great when the, the chips are down. But look at the Eagles game. They didn't pull it off. You know, they did not pull it off, and they didn't pull it off against the Cowboys in the late quarters. Sir, it's a little worrisome. They're, again, 5-2. and two, you got to be happy, but that is my only real concern. It's amazing how Eli Manning, uh, four years ago, even five years ago, um, was just you know a, a decent quarterback. Even and if you go back even before that, he was a quarterback that was going to get run out of town by New York Giant fans. He was just had nothing. Now right. he's this clutch quarterback that can have a terrible first, second, and third quarter, and then lead you back to a victory. And he does it time and time again. So it's no fluke that Eli Manning does this. It's just uh, he is a clutch quarterback. And if you ask me, Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers, Eli Manning, who do I want in the fourth quarter to drive me down for a winning score? I think I want Eli Manning now. Absolutely, because if you think about it, who does a better job, sir? Who is going to lead you there? I love Peyton Manning. I mentioned this great quarterback, but he is not his brother. His brother is better in the clutch, sir. When you got chips are down, like you said, you want Eli. He would be number one. So this week, the Giants go and play another divisional uh, rival, and it's interesting that the schedule is made this way, that – the Giants are now playing the Cowboys for the second time in two months, and then they'll be done with the Cowboys unless they meet in the playoffs. So Playoffs? The playoffs. The, the Giants go into Dallas Stadium, a place where they've never lost, 
They're three and zero in the new stadium. What do you think the Giants need to do? And give me your analysis for this game. So I think they need to win. Uh, I think they need to score points more than the other team, and I think they need to make sure the team doesn't score as many points as them to win the game. No, but seriously, uh, we'll get back to that in a second. You touched on something off the air. Do you think the NFL would ever go for the whole home-and-home, back-to-back, and a belly-to-belly, two rival teams playing each other? Because that would be interesting. It almost be like baseball. You think they'd ever go for that, sir? I don't see why not. It's, a, it's an interesting idea. Do it once a year. I mean, do it for a, a one year and see what happens. I think it's pretty interesting to do that, to have, like, you know, you play Dallas at Dallas, and then you play them in, in New Jersey. I agree. Um, but, sir, again, they're they're playing the Cowboys. I know Des Bryant may not play, but they are. they do have the fact that Mr. Jason Witten will be there. He's uh, pretty much healthy. Jason is one of my uh, one of my tight ends in my uh, fantasy team, but I'm pretty sure I haven't benched. I'm not sure. And Tony Romo is actually one of my fantasy quarterbacks, also benched. But um, the Giants need to they need to hold Romo down. They need to sack him. They need to sack him and just take him to town. They need to put him to bed. They need to knock him on his rear end. And the Giants need to stomp them, sir. I need. I think they need to make a statement. They need to win this game big. I don't. I mean, uh, you know, again, a win's a win, but I'd like the Giants to just win 35-17 and just pound the guts out of the Cowboys, sir. They need to win. They need to kick the you-know-what out of them. So final score, 35-17? That would be my prediction. Of course, my predictions are usually wrong when it comes to scores, but I think the Giants need to make a statement. They need to win by a lot, sir. Well, let's face it. The, the, the Cowboys beat the Giants in week one, so, yeah, this is – um, not like the Giants need any motivation or revenge. Uh, this is a game that they that they're probably waiting to seek some revenge on the Cowboys. And I agree with you. I think the Giants go in there and they uh, put up a lot of points like they usually do. Their offense is probably uh, first or second in the in the league next to the Saints and the Packers at this point. Uh, Eli Manning is clicking on all cylinders when it's when it counts. Yeah, which is the most important thing, yes, sir. Uh, you touched on that. I was listening to the morning show this morning on WFN, and they talked about Victor Cruz. How Victor Cruz is possibly coming up for a contract soon. Um, one thing I've noticed about the Giants, which I love, I thought Jerry Reese has done a great job, is the fact that the Giants seem to just find guys. They seem to, um, you know, pick up new guys, draft them, whatever, guys to replace other, you know, big-time people. And when you look at the what the Giants have done with Hakeem Nicks, with, you know, Merrill Manning, him who just left, with Victor Cruz, Steve Smith, all these guys have come and gone or are still here. Um, I mean, Hakeem Nicks is good, but he's always injured. I wouldn't give him a long-term deal. Would you give Victor Cruz a long-term deal, sir, or would you take a chance that the Giants would just continue to draft good uh, wide receivers, which they always do? Um, it's a tough call. Victor Cruz is a really good player, but is he a good player because he's got the talent all by himself, or is it because he's playing with somebody like Eli Manning? I, I mean, it's a tough question to answer. I don't follow the Giants that close to tell you that the Giants need to re-sign Victor Cruz. If the guy's going to ask for a fortune, I don't know if I'm signing him. And the interesting thing is when you look at the at the whole con- – I mean, he's making like a maybe half a million this year, which is, you know, it's a lot of money, but not in the NFL. And uh, I think the Giants should maybe consider it. I think he's been good. He's been a heck of a, of a wide receiver. He's done a great job. And, you know, he clicks with Eli, and he's basically – he is their number one receiver. Nick's is always down. Hickson, you know, these guys are always out and about. So Cruz has proven to be healthy and proven to be uh, hands-on, a guy who can make catches and doesn't drop too many balls, sir. So there you go, PG picks for week eight. We both picked the Cowboys over – no, I'm just kidding. The Giants <laughs> over the Cowboys. Never. And uh, I just – the reason, again, is because I think the Giants are the better team. They always play good in the new Dallas Stadium. And I just think that they're going to take some revenge from week one when they lost um, at home to the Cowboys. When we turn to the other side of the page, sir, the other team in New Jersey, New York – uh, we look at the Jets-Patriots game, and um, it was a game that was much closer than I think a lot of people thought. I think that the Jets had a good chance to win. Two main mistakes 
I mean, you look at the the beginning of the game, the offense leads, uh, Mark Sanchez leads the team down to a 7-0 lead, only to come back uh, on a kickoff. The Patriots tie the game and with a 104-yard kickoff, and then all of a sudden the, start, the offense starts to stall. The Patriots start to, uh, you know, put some offense on the board. They put some points on the board. Soon they're up 14-7, and then all of a sudden there's a faux pas. Mark Sanchez to Sean Green, a fumble, and then causes a safety 16-7, and you're starting to think, man, the route is on. But guess what, folks? No. The Jets defense actually played a really, a really good game this game. Um, yeah, I can't say that the defense uh, was to blame for the first half. They kept the Jets in the game. And then to start the third quarter, uh, the Jets come down, and they actually do score a touchdown. Um, there's a couple of just bad decision-making, sir, that I just cannot – I, I don't understand. I think I've, I've said for forever now that the whole Tim Tebow experiment is a is a is a flop. travesty. It's a flop. I mean, they don't know how to use him. If you're going to use Tim Tebow in the Wildcat, use him for a whole series. Don't use him for one down only, and then expect Mark Sanchez to get a first down with only two downs. Right. And I, I think again, we've we've talked about this ad nauseum, but they've put Sanchez in a position. They have not put him in a position to win. They have not put him in a position to do well. They have not put him in a position where, um, you know, he's going to get the job done. And does he have the ability? Absolutely. You, you said it. What's the point? I mean, this isn't Pop Warner football. What's the point of putting Tim Tebow in for one play, take him out, put in Sanchez, put him back in? That's idiotic. It's bad management. It's just stupid. And your boy, old sloppy jalopy Rex Ryan, uh, Mr. You know, foot fetish himself, he's doing a – he's doing an uh, you know – buffoonish, moronic job with the Jets. You know, I know you love the guy. I know you, you want to invite him over for dinner and have tea and crumpets with him, but the guy's not hes not that good. He did good his first couple of years, and he's tanked it ever since. And, sir, I'm sorry, but this guy has got to go. Back to the game, folks, because uh, DJ sometimes goes on tangents. Yeah, sorry, folks. I get a little excited. <laughs> yeah. uh, so the Jets miraculously tie the game late in the fourth quarter. And miraculously. Get, miraculously. And then the kickoff, another miracle. Whoa. David, Whoa. right there. Yeah. He almost passed out. <laughs> Uh, issue with my chair here, as you can see it on the on the camera. I think Nelson is trying to sabotage the show. I'm not sure, but uh, I think a wheel is missing here. He might sabotage it when we talk about his beloved Yankees, but uh, not right now when I'm talking about my Jets. Um, so anyway, you probably are missing a wheel. Yeah, I, I think I am. Let, let me yeah. fix this because I do not want to fall yeah. while Nikki is on the air, and of course oh, we'll have an accident. Although Nikki would like to see that. I mean, DJ, <laughs> if you want to fall, go ahead and fall. But anyway, the Jets get the ball back on a miracle. Basically, the the Patriots fumble their kickoff, and then the Jets are back in business. And this is where the Jets really, in my estimation, lost the game. They had a chance to score six points, but what did they do on the first play of getting the ball back from the Patriots, deep in Patriots zone? They basically get, bring Tim Tebow in for one play. He gets, what, about one yard? I think he might have lost a yard. Whatever it is, Tim Tebow is not the answer for the first down. Mark Sanchez needs to drive them down and get a six points. The Jets sell for three points. They get a field goal. They're in the lead. But guess what? You left too much time for Tom Brady. And Tom Brady will pick you apart at the end of the game, just like Eli Manning will. So Tom Brady, with a soft defense that the Jets were playing, a prevent defense. Sir, what, prevent. Does, what does a prevent defense do? It prevents nothing. It prevents you from winning. That's what it does. <laughs> That's a good one, sir. It's a good one, sir. Yeah, just I like, hear it all the time. Just like uh, the, the little wheel missing in the chair that Nelson took out prevented me from uh, having a normal show here on our first time here on uh, 1640. But you were saying? Tom Brady leads the Patriots down. They kick a field goal to send the game into overtime. In overtime, the Patriots win the toss. They get the ball. They drive all the way down. They kick a field goal. Then the Jets get the ball because the new rules in the NFL say that 
Both teams must get a possession unless there's a touchdown scored on the first possession. So the Jets get the ball. They drive down. A couple of good passes by Sanchez. Sanchez was not to blame for this game, but gets sacked at the end of this game and fumbles. The game is over because there's a change of possession. Um, Sanchez had a pretty good game, sir. Uh, you could blame Rex Ryan all you want um, for, for making those stupid play calls, putting in Tim Tebow one play here, one play there, disrupting the rhythm, disrupting the, the confidence of Mark Sanchez. I'm convinced Mark Sanchez is not going to be here for much longer. I don't know why. Everyone's in love with Tim Tebow. He's not a quarterback. He's a, a glorified uh, running back slash, slash special. He loves team. Jesus, sir. <laughs> that That's uh, pretty much all you need to know about Tim Tebow. Uh, in terms of talent, it's just not there. And, uh, you know, I, I just have to say that Tim Tebow, I mean, what can you say about him? Having him on the team, I really think it's a detriment. You know, it, it, there's no point of it. A second quarterback who's not even really a quarterback, sir, it's not going to help this team, let's be honest, and they need to get rid of him. Get him out. I agree with you. So this is a game that you're going to look back in. With, it's been talked about already Monday and Tuesday. This is going to be a game that you're going to look at and say we should have won, and now we have to win another game because we lost a game that we should have won. So you look at the game this so week. So you're saying they should have won the game. Should have, could have, would have, maybe, definitely, obviously, maybe. Um, so this this Sunday, the Jets host the Miami Dolphins. Again, a team just like the Cowboys played the uh, the Giants played the Cowboys early in the season. The Jets will be finished with the the Dolphins unless they meet in the playoffs after this week. So the do you Jets, think the Dolphins will make the playoffs? No, I'm just saying. Playoffs? No. But you said in, unless they meet in the playoffs. Unless. But are they going to meet in the playoffs? Yes. No. <laughs> you got me there. Good. Woo! So anyway, the Jets play the Miami Dolphins in a must game. I think this is the game that uh, will have to save their season. If the Jets don't win this one, sir, it's all downhill from here. I could definitely see a 5 What was that? What? The, the cows came home. Wait, what, was that Rex Ryan? Yeah. <laughs> so the Jets need to really play a good game this week uh, against a rookie quarterback. Uh, Miami has been playing better than expected with Tannehill. He may be the real thing. He may be the next uh, quarterback next to Dan Marino. I mean, the the Dolphins have gone through so many quarterbacks. Their defense is okay. But the Jets have... Chad Pennington still on the team? No, he retired. Bad shoulder. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, the Jets will... I think the Jets will play a good game. They've, uh, you know, they got killed by the, the, the 49ers. They played decent against the Texans. They played great against the Colts. And they played a really good game against the Patriots. Should have won that game, but they didn't. But... Uh, I think the Jets come back with a another great, solid performance, and I think they're going to win a close game because the Jets don't really blow out teams. Of course. So they're going to win 24-20. to 20. I just think that this That's is a close the game. game. Yep, this is the game that the Jets go 4-4 four four into the bye week and hopefully um, get some momentum from there. Uh, what are your thoughts about the game? I think that uh, – I, I agree with you. I picked the Jets to win. I think they'll win um, – I'm going to go 31-20. to 20. That's going to be my pick. I think the Jets can do it. I think that the Jets are, are, you know, they're capable, sir. And, I mean, if you're a Jets fan, which you are, you got, you got to be frustrated because this team, they should have beat the they should have beat the Patriots. They didn't. Uh, you mentioned should have, could have, would have. They should win this week. Are they going to? Who knows? I mean, hell, the Jets will probably get blown out and then come back uh, the following week and, and destroy. They're just so inconsistent, and that's what worries me. Not as a Jets fan, of course, but just as a football fan. It's Sarah, and I hate to see you sad. I hate to see you crying the blues. I hate to see you, you know. Uh, just, just not sleeping at night because the Jets have lost. So I'm hoping they win. It's more about the inconsistency with the whole team. Um, to have a winning team, sir, and a winning franchise, you need a good owner. Whoa, that was interesting. You need a good owner. You need a good general manager. You need a good coach and a, and a really good quarterback, all to be on the same page. And the Jets right now are not on the same page. <laughs> I'm looking at the chat room here, and uh, 
I don't know who this is. Moogly Cute, interesting yeah. name. It says if the Jets need 31 points, they have to be all on the ground because they're throwing the ball for 31 points. Uh, thoughts on that, sir, from Mr. or Mrs. Moogly? Um, I think the Jets are going to be able to throw the ball against Miami. I mean, uh, Sanchez has two big weapons now. He's got Curly. That's really become a big weapon. He's got <laughs> Dustin Keller. That's uh, that's an old friend of mine from uh, from back in the day, Mr. Bill Bill S. The man, as it were. I don't know where he got that ridiculous name, but uh, you were saying. <laughs> yeah, I was saying that the, uh, the uh, Mark Sanchez does have pretty decent weapons on the um, to throw the ball to. He's got Curly. He's got Dustin Keller. If Hill decides to, um, you know, actually catch a ball, I think that you know that's another weapon that they have. Without Santonio Holmes, I think it's been a great um, morale booster for the Jets, believe it or not. Uh, without Santonio Holmes, I think this offense has been playing very loose. And uh, I have no idea why the hell you're laughing as I try to break down this uh, this jet. Thing. I'm cracking up because I'm looking at what's going on in the chat room yeah, with, ahead, with, with Bill. Tell me. <laughs> and he started typing it. He got this. He got this ridiculous name, and he looks like a moron with this picture. Okay. Woo! I, I, I'm sorry, sir. My wife is also in the chat room. This is great. This is interactive. This is what Pure Gold is all about. Yeah, you don't have to be apologizing. I just you just need to let me know what's going on. Seven one four three six four four seven two one. Hey, Bill, if you want to give us a call and let me know why the Jets cannot throw the yeah, ball. Yeah, please, Bill. Give us or Moogly. Give us a call, please. Please do that. And as uh, we have about uh, uh, weirdly enough, we only have eight minutes before we take our weirdly. first break. We take our first break. We, we might as well get into baseball and talk about yeah, – let's, let's talk about the ALCS that ended last week, early last week, um, in a four-game sweep. I believe the New York Yankees, uh, the, the powerhouse, the juggernaut, the evil empire, I don't know how many more metaphors I could use for a team that sucks, got swept by the Detroit Tigers, uh, top to bottom, humiliated. Um, Joe, Joe Girardi made some good decisions, you know, pinching for A-Rod, but what kind of long-term effects is that going to have – for A-Rod, what kind of long-term effects is it going to have on Joe Girardi's decision-making? Um, sir, when it, what it boils down to Yankees is, suck. Why are we talking the Yankees? <laughs> oh, wait, 27-time world champion? Who cares? They lost. They got swept by the Detroit Tigers. That is all that matters. <laughs> what it boils down to, sir, is that it wasn't their pitching that let them down. It was their offense. You know, the, the, the Bronx Bombers. I mean, they, the, the only thing they bombed was their pants uh, at that point. Because uh, Teixeira, where were you? Cano. Yeah, I mean, he was sending a text message. Robbie Cano, don't no, you Cano. know how to hit? Curtis Granderson, that's sort of the grandy man can. The grandy man can. He's up. Forty-two home runs or forty-three home runs, whatever he. What, what, what the hell was he? What was he doing? I mean, what? What? My, my, my guy, what are we doing here, my guy? The Capitan goes down with the ship, and so do the Yankees in flames, humiliation, ding dong. <laughs> Wounded. Object failure. <laughs> Nelson crying the blues. And but, you know what, CC Sabathia. What kind of? I mean, game four elimination. You give up what four, six runs? What was it? Twenty. Twenty runs. runs what was it? And now you complain. Now you complain. You, you, you have bone star. You have bone spurs in your elbow. That's why you couldn't pitch. Yeah, you didn't have the bone spurs in game five against the Orioles. All of a sudden, now I'm injured. I need an operation. Uh, the Yankees are a mess, sir. I mean, look at them. Look at them. They make sick. <laughs> yeah, I agree. They definitely make me sick. Um, and I know that's you're going to talk about later, but um, what can I say? The Yankees did not get the job done. They failed. They fail every year, and they're a disgrace to baseball. 
If the Yankees didn't win the World Series in 2009, again, my question that nobody's asked on other programs, if Gerard doesn't win in 2009, is he on the hot seat after getting swept by the Detroit yes, Tigers? Yes, absolutely. I think he's fired right now. If George was still alive, I think Girardi would have been out. No, not to mess there. Uh, Girardi definitely would have been out, I believe. Gone. See ya. What about Cano? Is this a guy? Don't that you, you know? What about Cano? Is this a guy that? What about you, Cano? Do you want him to be your franchise player when he's not clutch in the playoffs? Playoffs? I, I think the problem with the, with any team, really, not just the Yankees, is I mean, how, how many guys are really clutch? You got Carlos Beltran, who, other than that 06 pitch, I mean, he's been clutch in the playoffs. Jeter's clutch in the playoffs. Rivera, who's not playing, is clutch in the playoffs. Pettit, clutch in the playoffs. I mean, how many hitters are really all that clutch? A Rod isn't. Teixeira isn't. Uh, Cano obviously isn't. Granderson has done nothing. The Swish Alicious, Dish Alicious. As he didn't do anything. He's gone. Get him the heck out of New York. Um, I, honestly, sir, who in their right mind is going to say that you know who's clutch? I mean, Pujols has done well. You know, Josh Hamilton, you know, failed in the big spot. Let me ask you this. What about the fact that I'm starting to see that the Yankees, the um, the team that overpays their players, um, the clutch players seem to be the players that aren't overpaid and uh, want to actually are motivated to win not motivated by paychecks. Well, honestly, look at these guys. I mean, Jeter gets a zillion dollars, and he's motivated to win. He's already got he's five like the, world titles. He's old school. He's like the only guy that I, I give you that to. All right, well, I mean, honestly, sir, you know, we have to look at every single team in baseball who makes a playoff. Playoffs? But how many guys are really all that close? Let's be honest. It's usually the no-name guys. I mean, why were the Yankees doing so well in the late 90s? You had guys like Scott Brocious. You had guys who were not big name players. Uh, Paul O'Neill was a good player, but he wasn't a you know twenty time All Star. He wasn't the, the top of the card type of guy. But those guys knew how to win. They came up big. They did what they had to do, and they won. And that's why the Yankees have had those four titles in the you know late nineties, early two thousand. You had great starting pitching too, sir. You had a great bullpen, and then you had Mariano. Yeah, that, Mariano. That's true. that's true. They did have great, uh, but if the guys don't hit. You're not going to score runs. You're going to, you're going to throw no hitters. Well, it sounds obvious, but, you know, these guys don't hit. And if they don't hit, they don't get anything done. And I see Bill is, is making a good point, saying that the Yankees care about hitting home runs. And how many home runs the Yankees hit this year? They rely they the, almost entirely on home runs. They, led the, they, they set the record uh, for uh, baseball, I believe, with the most home runs in a season. And, I mean, that's great, but it, home runs don't win games, ultimately. Yeah, it's, it's again – it sounds like basic baseball, but you need to get guys across. You need to, you know, hit singles, bunt, do things like that, and the Yankees don't do that. And when you rely entirely on the home run, look at, look at home run hitters. Look at guys like Granderson. Guy can hit 42 home runs, but how many of them are clutch? Were any of them clutch? I mean, let's be honest. And then you look at the NLCS, um, and you look at the, the Cardinals and the Giants, and uh, I was completely wrong about this one. You had the Giants down 3-1, to one, the Cardinals, and the Cardinals come back. I mean, the Cardinals up three to one, and the Giants come back with three straight and win the series in seven. I didn't expect the Cardinals uh, to lose like this. Um, they just ran out of gas. Their starting pitching let them down. Their offense let them down. Uh, it would have been crazy, sir, to have a rematch of the '06 World Series. Then it would have been crazy if I have two years in a row the Cardinals in the World Series. I mean, you know, the one thing that I've loved about baseball is the fact that you haven't seen since the late '90s with the, with the Yanks. You haven't seen a lot of the same teams in every year, and. You know, now you have a chance of having a repeat. If if the Giants win, you know, they'll have one from what, two years ago. And the Tigers, hopefully they'll win only because, you know, to make it different, they haven't won a World Series in a while, but they were in the World Series six years ago. Game one of the World Series is tonight. It will be the Detroit Tigers playing at San Francisco. 
Sir, my prediction is the uh, Detroit Tigers in six games. I just think that the Tigers starting pitching, their life is just really going to be the difference in the series. Uh, the, it is? Yeah, I think you the, think? The Giants have good starting pitching and clutch hitting. I just think that with Berlander and their offense uh, and their starting pitching, because the 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 real the way the Giants are going to have to win these games is to get to the bullpen of the Detroit Tigers, because uh, Papa Grande, I don't think you'll ever see him again. You might see Coke and Benoit more. You you won't see Papa Grande anymore. Uh, what's his name? Valverde? Valverde, yeah. Uh, yeah so. You know, sir, um, what's interesting about the Giants is that, you know, when they won two years ago, they had almost no hitting and it was all pitching. Now, did you think the Giants would have been able to make the World Series without Tim Lincecum being a factor? I did not. That's why I, I mean, the guy was a, the guy was an ace. Looks like a bum, like a, like a 15-year-old bum. But the guy's an ace, and now he's a, he's a total scum sucker. So, again, game one is tonight of the World Series. Give me your prediction uh, right here before the series starts. Tigers in six. In six, me too. <laughs> That's we agree. That, that. Did you really? I did. When did you say that? Uh, about two minutes and 41 seconds. Ago. Oh, I wasn't really listening. Sorry. It, it, it's tough to listen to. You just ramble on so much. <laughs> Thank you. And I had Nelson over here making faces and whatnot. Um, but, sir, let's uh, let's go to a break before we get our, our guest on, uh, the, the wonderful Nikki Boy, who's actually on hold right now. Nikki, just uh, hang on, and we'll be right back, folks, with Pure Gold. Hey guys, this is actress Sadie Alexandru, and you are listening to Pure Gold. Hey, this is Morgan Willard, Miss Oklahoma USA 2010, and you're listening to Pure Gold. Hi, this is Lauren Lester, and you are listening to Pure Gold. Folks, this is JB of Pure Gold. Are you hungry like me, DG, and Nelson are? I'm starving right now, actually. Well, come to the Iberia Restaurants in Newark, New Jersey, Iberia Tavern, and Iberia Peninsula. For the best food from Portugal and Spain, come to 80-84 Ferry Street. Visit their website at www.iberiarestaurants.com or call and make a reservation, 973-344-7603. And I think I'm going to head there, sir, right after this. Again, come to Iberia Restaurants in Newark, New Jersey, 80-84 Ferry Street. Good stuff, folks. And speaking of good stuff, we are proud and privileged to be joined by the one and only, the extremely talented, all the way from California, Nikki Boyer, who is an actress, who is a talk show host. I mean, she's a lead singer for a band. She does just about everything. Nikki, how are you doing this evening? Hi. Oh, my God. You guys, thanks for having me. I'm doing great. <laughs> thanks so much for for joining us. And, uh, you know, we really appreciate it. Now, the interesting thing, Nikki, is that, you know, about two months ago, it was late at night, uh, sitting up watching Netflix, and I came across this movie called Coyote County Loser. Now, when I saw it, I said the title, eh, not that appealing, but I did like the description of it. So I said to myself, oh, what the heck, let me just watch it. And uh, after watching your performance on there, I said, I gotta, I gotta get her on the show. You didn't look familiar remotely until the next day when I started to look you up. I said, wait a minute, I've seen her before. And then I found out I've seen you about 20 or 30 times on daytime <laughs> in no time on Yahoo. But yeah. since it just blew my mind, and I said, all right, definitely got to get her on there. And, and when, I, when I saw the serious role, it didn't click in my head. But right, all, of that, right. all of that to say this, uh, tell us, how did you get that movie role? Uh, you know, how did you end up doing uh, Coyote County Loser? Oh, gosh. I, you know, that's funny because most people recognize me from Yahoo's Daytime and No Time, but the fact that you saw my acting really makes me happy because that's actually what got me – uh, from St. Louis to Los Angeles was I wanted to be an actress. And yeah, I learned very quickly that doing film and television um, in terms of acting is a really, really tough business. And um, so I just decided to pound the pavement and try to do indie projects. Um, 
because I'm not a big name when it comes to acting. So it was basically just an audition where you, you know, you you look at the breakdowns, you see who's casting, you read the script, you go in, you read, you read again, and and they wanted sort of a a midwestern, typically a midwestern looking girl for the role. Um, but I said, you know, I have dark hair, dark eyes, but I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. You don't get any more Midwest than that. So they sort of changed their ideas of what they wanted the lead character to be. Um, and I got lucky, and I just I booked it, and then I got to go to um, Albuquerque. Um, actually, we shot it in Roswell um, for like 30 days. We just I learned a lot about movie making. I learned a lot about my craft. Unfortunately, you learn a lot while you're actually making the movie, <laughs> which, yeah. you know, now that it's out, I'm like, oh, I would have done something differently, but I did okay. And I really love the experience. And, and um, Jason Roebuck, the producer and director, uh, Jason Melman, they, it was just a passion project for everybody. So it was kind of a happy accident the way it all happened. And it was it was good. You know, I, I really did enjoy it. And, again, uh, Netflix is great because when you look on there, you have a lot of just – you know, indie movies, random movies, whatever you're looking for, you can kind of find it there. Uh, but I really did like your performance in it because, for the most part, you played it so straight. And, again, when I finally connected who you were, I said, wow, that's such a departure from what she did and, you know, what I'm used to seeing you in. And you mentioned your experience on the film. Um, what kind of response did you get from that? You know, it was it was great. I mean, we we got into a few film festivals. I believe we won a couple of them. I nice. don't know which one. How horrible <laughs> am I? I'm like, uh, we won some. I know, right? Well, there's so many film festivals around, and they're all, uh, you know, yeah, they're all, yeah, you know, I could just make up a name and pretend I remember. It was the Blue Leaf uh, Granola Festival. We won that oh. one. Yeah, yeah, that was it. <laughs> so um, it, the response was great. I mean, more than anything, it was just a big, a big, you know, success for me because I just always wanted to work and be a lead in the film and see my face on the big screen. So I kind of, I kind of checked that off my bucket list, and it was pretty awesome. Um, my family and my friends loved it. Um, now that it's on Netflix, uh, Coyote County Loser is getting a lot more views from awesome people like you who like stumble <laughs> upon it, and then you Absolutely. click on it, and you're like, no, I'll watch it. And it's a good-hearted movie. You know, it's it's got a sweet message and. Um, I'm just really, I'm just so grateful you clicked on it. I'm, I appreciate that. <laughs> it was it was good. I enjoyed it, like I said, and I'm glad I clicked on it, too, because here we are, you know, a, a couple of months later. Yeah. And so you accidentally, I'm sure you accidentally clicked on Daytime and No Time on Yahoo, too, because we're, we're usually on the front page, and then you click on it on the news story, and then you end up um, watching our show. And, I, yeah, it's a very different personality that I have uh, on the show, which is quite silly and goofy and poking fun and laughing with Daytime TV. Very different than... Laura Hartman, the uh, the character I played in Coyote County Loser. But I'm, glad, I'm glad you made the connection. The interesting thing about that movie is that you were a radio host, and that's what we're doing here. We're doing a little oh, talk radio. Oh, right? <laughs> did it look realistic when I was pressing the buttons and doing things with the microphone? I hope so. It did, a little bit, I, I'd say. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now, my gosh. Now, Nikki, you've mentioned um, a lot of different things that you've done, but you've also uh, taken part in a movie called Jesus People. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it was actually the same director from Coyote County Loser, Jason Nonnen, and he um, and his friends, um, oh gosh, Dan and Regina were the writers, and um, they came up with this project about a Christian pop rock band that takes themselves a little too seriously, and it's sort of a journey <laughs> around how, how they try to become huge, and there were some un. Unbelievable guest stars in this movie. I was just a small little bit part, 
um, I was, you know, one of the documentary filmmakers. So it's basically, you know, sort of in style of The Office where you're following a documentary crew who's following the group, you know, the Jesus people and trying to, you know, it's, it's, it's very, very funny. Octavia Spencer was in it, so she just, you know, won the Oscar. Yeah, she did. Um, and, yeah, so it was it was uh, it was great, and we're still waiting for distribution, believe it or not, on that one. Um, but it was it was a super fun movie, and if you catch any of it on YouTube, you can see why it's kind of hard to believe it hasn't gotten picked up yet. When do you think it might get picked up? You know, I'm not sure. I just talked to the director not that long ago, and he got very close on a deal with some some companies. And it's just making movies and distributing movies is really a tough, tough business. I mean. Making the movie, getting it edited and produced is just half the battle. It's getting it distributed and getting it out there. And so our fingers are crossed that it's not dead in the water yet. So I don't know how long. I'm hoping it'd be great by the middle of next year if it could be released. It'd be awesome. That would be great. Um, I've also seen that you've done a lot. You've done really a lot in your career so far. What would you think, what would you say stands out as being something that, uh, what role or what, you know, what acting job really, um, launched your career, would you say? You know, it goes back to the first job I ever had in St. Louis. Um, I auditioned for a group called uh, Team 11, and it was in St. Louis, Missouri, and it was part of the WB station. They wanted to get 11 teenagers who could represent the station and host the cartoon hour and sing and dance and sort of be kind of like, remember the Mickey Mouse Club? I think yes. they were kind of going for that sort of a feeling. And that was really my first job in in television. And that, to me, sort of gave me the foundation to sort of launch a career and know that, oh, I can actually do this for a living. And I was so young when I did it. And I feel um, it was called KPLR-TV in St. Louis. And I hosted the Kids Club for six years. And so I was a local personality. And then I won, I won a regional Emmy. And actually, I won three. So, like, at the age of 18, I'm, you know... I'm like, oh, my gosh, I want an Emmy. I'm doing the news. I'm reporting. I'm going to college. I was like, I kind of have the dream job already. So I feel like that job really helped help launch my career. Wow. So Emmy yeah, award-winning, Emmy award-winning Nikki Boyer. That's your, that's, that's your title, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Could you please refer to me as that for the rest of my life? <laughs> yes, I will. I will do that for the rest of this interview, at least, <laughs> Nikki. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Oh, my God, that's awesome. What would you say is the favorite thing you've uh, done so far? You know, um, I worked on a show called Perfect Proposal. It was on TLC for two seasons. I did 120 episodes of this show. And it was such a cool concept. And it it was some of the best TV I think I've ever made. Um, I would help guys and, and women, but mainly men, um, create surprise marriage proposals for their girlfriend, and we would execute it with, we'd have this crazy ruse that we would set up. I would play a part in it. I would help them pick out the ring. I helped them sort of create this grand idea under the guise of, you know, it being usually involving a camera crew or something, which isn't odd these days. It's reality TV. But um, I got to witness 120 men propose to their girlfriends, and I got to be a part of that with with so many couples. And, it was just a really amazing experience. Um, I've been trying to get that show back off the ground because I think that witnessing a wedding proposal, a marriage proposal, is one of the most heartfelt things you can ever see, unless they go terribly wrong. <laughs> right, which, um, which unfortunately does happen sometimes. I know, right? That's the worst. Oh, gosh. 
<laughs> now, Nikki, uh, shifting gears for a second, can you tell us a little bit about Daytime and No Time? How did you land that gig? Um, that honestly is the best job of my life. I, 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 I can't even. I, I feel bad talking about Sometimes. it. Like it's a job. You know what I mean? It's like it's not a job. I mean, it is a job, but I go in every day to Yahoo. I have a group of awesome writers, so I can't take all the credit. Um, it's, which is hilarious because all my writers are dudes. I'm filled full of ro- a room full of guys that watch daytime TV. So, um, just what do you think that guys don't like daytime? Yeah, they do. So I work with a bunch of dudes. We have a blast. We sift through all the shows. We find the water cooler moments, and then you know we read through the scripts. And I'm a part of the editing process for all very hands-on. And um, we shoot it every day around 10, and we have it up live by 1 or 2. And um, like just today, I went to the Ricky Lake show, and I was a featured guest on the Ricky Lake show. So I'm getting to do some pretty pretty awesome things outside of daytime and no time, but actually are from you know my relationship with, with Yahoo!, um, I love my job. It's great. We just reached our 400 millionth click mark. We are one of the highest rated shows on the web, oh. and it's kind of a dream job, I have to say. Like, I, yeah, I love it. I do. And yeah, Yahoo's can, been so good to me. I can tell you sound so excited about it. It's funny because that's usually when I see it coming back from lunch. I'll, I'll click on it or, you know, my, uh, I was going to say my co-host, my uh, co-worker right. my daytime job will, you know, will make comments or whatever. Um, and, and it's interesting that, you know, you see all those different things and then, hey, here we are talking to you. But you're also doing something else which is a little bit different. Uh, I saw it on your website, which looks nice, by the way. I, I saw it was pretty much uh, revamped completely from the last time I looked at it. Um, oh, you're, hey. you're in the process of doing a late night talk show for the web called Midnight Snack. What's that all about? Oh, yeah. I'm in the, oh, I love you. You look at you knowing all your stuff. Dang. Part of the job, um, you know, what can I say? <laughs> I, so I think I I want to be on this show every Wednesday. <laughs> show your fire. Oh, my God, I love you guys. Um, Midnight Snack is a show. You're going to laugh. You're, you might wet your pants on this one because I built a set in my garage in Sherman Oaks, California. I thought, you know what, the world of the web, it's one of those situations where you can't sit and wait for somebody to offer you your own talk show with YouTube and all these uh, social media channels, it's like you have to create it yourself. So I thought, I'm going to build a set in my garage. I felt like I was back in high school. I was like, I'm in a in theater class. I built my own set. I hired my own crew. Um, my producing partner and I came, you know, came up with this great idea. Our first guest uh, was Brian Baumgartner from The Office. And, um, oh, nice. Love he him. Basically came, yeah, yeah, how great is he, right? And he's a dear friend of mine, so we sat in my day bed, circa 1989, and with my, our pajamas on, and we drank rum and coke and ate peanut M&Ms and sat and talked about things that you can't really talk about on TV shows, like his first kiss and the first time he felt a girl's boobs. And, you know, things that, like, I'm interested in knowing, like, that's human nature. I want to know what it was like for him. So, so, so I'm working right now on trying to get that placed somewhere, and I'm hoping that maybe even somebody who's listening to this awesome uh, radio show will have some interest because I'm, I really think it could have some legs and start and start running because it's it's a super fun show. It's a little risque and a little raunchy, but all like all in good all in good fun. Like I just you know I just want to hear your dirty little secrets. Come on, that's not too that's not too much, right? No, it's not too much. It's just not PG, which we're all about. Um, <laughs> of course. But- but we're joined here by Emmy Award-winning Nikki Boyer. How do you like that, Nikki? I said that, see? That was really impressive. Very impressive. Yeah. And let me tell you what's even more impressive is we've really done our homework. Let me ask you this next question. Don't laugh because this is really digging deep on the Nikki Boyer interview here. Uh, you're probably our most diverse 
you're probably our most diverse guest. I mean, you've also been a front woman for a band, the Cardboard Cutouts. Tell us yeah. about that. <laughs> I'm so in love with you both right now. <laughs> this is amazing. Oh, for our wives yes. are listening. Or are. Oh, yeah, exactly. No, but like a girl next door, like I don't want to do anything weird kind of love. Like I right. love you, love. Like it's goodness love. Good oh, love, my good God. love. PG I'm going to get myself in trouble. PG love, yes. I love PG love. Yep. Um, Wait, what was the question? Oh, yeah, cardboard. <laughs> um, nice. I've been singing in a. I've been singing in bands for years. The first band I was in in LA was called Spirit Theory, very um, kind of eclectic, introspective rock. I sang with them for ten years, and then um, we actually released three separate CDs. And then now I'm with a band called the Cardboard Cutouts, and and it's um, me uh, and singer composer Tommy Fields who also acts as my boyfriend. <laughs> and um, he and I just create a ton of music, and we um, we play around L.A. Our stuff will be on uh, iTunes very shortly, but we just had one of our songs featured on Grey's Anatomy. Um, oh, wow, we nice. do a lot of promo. Well, yeah, you know, we're just trying to get out there. It's, it's, a, it's another funny thing. It's like uh, the way of getting recognized in the music world now is via YouTube again. It's like where, you know, where you shot a music video, you can look for our music video um it's called Hide and Seek, and it's on on YouTube, and it's the cardboard cutouts. And you know, we um, we play we play around LA, and we always are trying to just find new way new ways to um, to get our music out there. So it seems like TV and film and web shows is the way to go. So um, we're we're always making new music for for new things. In fact, I have a new a new series um, on the Loud Channel, which is called All the Wrong Notes, and I'm I'm currently doing a bunch of music video parodies which is the new fad right now, to, like, take fun songs, pop songs, parody them with different lyrics, and, and, and shoot a music video. So I've been you doing mean, that lately, too, also. Nikki, you mean, like, Make a Baby? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Seriously. <laughs> I did see that. <gasps> yes. What did <laughs> you think? What did you think of that? Was that TV? Was TV? It was interesting. I mean, you can sing, which is cool, and, and watching the whole thing was really just, like, totally off the wall. I know the song is so the original song that you you mocked is so popular and so overplayed now. So it, it was definitely some some good stuff there. I have to admit, definitely not PG, but it was good. It was PG thirteen, right? Yeah, yeah, PG thirteen or PG seventeen. Hey, but maybe, when you're thirty, I'm thirty. Yeah, exactly. When you're thirty seven and you haven't had a baby, everyone in your whole life is like looking at you like you're a bomb about to explode. Like when is going to happen? When is it going to happen? And I was like, all right. I'm going to address this head on. I am going to write a parody about it, and I'm going to shoot it. And we did. And it ended up being super successful. So it was really fun. Yeah, it was good stuff. Like you said, we, we really do our, our homework here. Yeah. Nikki. No kidding. <laughs> no kidding. You've mentioned uh, a lot of different projects. Is there any other projects that you have up and coming that you haven't mentioned to the fans yet? I think I have pretty much done a Nikki Boyer commercial for the last 10 minutes. <laughs> well. I think I've told you just about everything except what color shoes I'm wearing today. Um, I think I think I think they're black and they're really cute. They're glittery. They're open toed. I'm sure your wife will see you. I'm wearing the same shoes. (laughs) I knew I was gonna like you guys. No, I wish there was something. I mean, I'm gonna be on Ricky Lake at some point um, next week, and you know what? I'm actually gonna be on the Wendy Williams show coming up um, November fifteenth. Um, I'm a I'm a regular guest on the Wendy Williams show, and I will be in New York City shooting on the 15th, and it'll air live that day. So please tune in on your local listings. Um, Wendy and I will be chatting it up. So that's very cool. A couple of things. Yeah, that, that's good stuff. Now 
Nikki, uh, as we're about to wrap up the interview, we got a, just a couple of quick questions for you. But one thing I'm curious about, and I've actually never asked a guest this before, so I'd like your take on it. You, you mentioned you've pretty much been doing a commercial, but after everything we've spoken about, for the fans listening out there, how would you describe Nikki Boyer to your fans? Well, let's see. I can't, I think what you see is what you get. I think because I grew up in front of the camera that I don't really know how to be any different. There's not like a, obviously I put on a bit of a sweet face and obviously. and I can be a little, yeah, you know, but I can be a little crass and a little silly. Don't forget, I work in a room full of guys. So, right. um, but I kind of feel like I'm the girl next door. I don't think I'm really any better than anybody else. I just got lucky and I got the job. I feel like the reason people connect with me is because I don't, I don't have a huge ego, to be honest. I'm really grateful really blessed to have the job that I do. Um, but I don't think that what I do makes me any better than the average person. I come from a family who, you know, I was born and raised in St. Louis. I was lower to middle class. I worked really, really hard. Um, I paid my way through college. I know what it's like to be, you know, struggling in the world. And so I think throughout my career I really maintained just a way of just being myself and being honest and wearing my heart on my sleeve. And I think that that's worked in my benefit because um, at the end of the day, nobody wants to watch them giving information, for, you know, from sitting up on a high horse. I want to sit right with you and have a conversation with you. And I'm also just as interested as you, uh, in you as you are in me. In fact, I want to come back on the show, and I want to sit and pretend it's my show and interview you guys. So can we do that next time? <laughs> yeah, we definitely yeah. can do that. As a I really, of fact, I'm serious. I want to do that. Only if you um... – do me one favor after Dave uh, asks the last question. How's that? Okay. <laughs> All right. I will. Um, I'll do it. <laughs> All right. Interesting. Well, I, I don't mean, know what it is. <laughs> no, you'll, do it. you'll do it. Trust me, you'll do it. There's always okay. a spot open. I mean, you know, Joe. Joe's pretty much is just here because I have nobody who's willing to take the spot. So if you know, if you want to, that's fine. Just uh, you know, we could just kick him off. The, but you know, I have one Me last too. thing. Yeah. But before before I get rid of my co-host. I have one last thing to mention before Joe does, and I have no idea what he's going to do, by the way. Um, how can your fans follow your career and get a hold of you? I know how they can, but can you finish the Nikki Blair commercial and I tell them? Yes, I would love to tell them. Obviously, I'm on Yahoo's Daytime and No Time. But if you really want to connect with me and be a part of my fan page and my video blogs and my contests and all the fun things I do, and I really, really interact with the fans on my fan page on Facebook. So just Facebook me at Nikki Boyer, or you can go to Facebook um, backslash it's Nikki Boyer and you can follow me on Twitter at Nikki Boyer and I K K I B O Y E R. I found I promise we'll be friends. We'll do fun things together. I'll feature you on my blogs if you're my fans because I really believe it's a it's a two way street here. So that's how you find me. It definitely is a two way street. And Joe, I don't know. Please don't embarrass the show. Please do oh, not embarrass this me. Is, this is where the ratings really take off. Nikki uh, <laughs> Emmy Award winning Nikki Boyer, soon to be Oscar Award winning Nikki Boyer. You mentioned something that caught Grammy, my maybe? caught my ear. Shut up, Dave. Yes. I'm trying to talk to you. <laughs> uh, um, you mentioned the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, so let's. I'm going to start it. You're going to help me sing it. Oh my Here we go. God. Ready? Okay. Come along and sing a song and come on, sing with me. Enjoy <laughs> the jamboree. M I C. M I C. K E Y. M O U S E. Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse. Wow. Folks, for those of you listening, our show has hit an absolute all-time low. My my former friend, my former co-host, because you're gone after this now. You Nikki, Nikki loves me. She hates you. 
me actually doing it with you. I think I lose. Okay. I think I'm the loser. Either way, because Joe's a terrible singer, that which of course you're. But, but Nikki, listen, we thank you so much for joining us. It really was a pleasure. We will definitely take you up on the offer of having you interview us because that is something we have never done. One of our taglines on the show that my partner came, well, former partner after tonight, came up with was we like to interview the interviewer, and it would be interesting to be interviewed because that would be a first for both of us. I would love to do it, so mark your calendars. I, I'll make it happen. Definitely will. Listen, Nikki, again, you're the best. Thanks so much, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you guys so much. Have a, re- a great rest of the day, and um, uh, I will be singing that song for the rest of the night. Thank you very much. <laughs> there, you there you go. Take care, Nikki. All right, bye, guys. See ya. Folks, the one and only immensely talented and extremely funny and pretty wacky Nikki Boyer, sir, please, from now on, let me know if you're going to embarrass me and my family and my entire lineage by being a terrible singer, first of all, and then singing the Mickey Mouse Club song. Are you kidding me? That was terrible. If this is my last show, I'm going down singing Mickey Mouse. So that's <laughs> going down swinging. Going down swinging. So we have, uh, what, about four minutes before we uh, hit the top of the hour, take a break. Or two. I mean, pretty, pretty much less than that. Why don't we just talk real <laughs> fast because we're not going to be able to talk about it on the other side of the hour on the um, – because we have Hans coming up talking entertainment, and then we'll talk some wrestling to close out the show, and then we'll do what they think. So we might as well talk about the NBA's coming back soon. I believe next week the NBA starts. Um, there's a lot of good teams out there. The Heat, obviously, are going to be a good team again, the defending champions, the Lakers with um, you know Dwight Howard, the Chicago Bulls with uh, – not Jalen Rose, uh, something Rose, I forget his name. The Thunder are going to be back. The Spurs are old. The Celtics are old, but, you know, they're always there. And then your Knicks are, are probably older than the Celtics. Uh, they're going to be in it. And, uh, you know, we're going to see what Jeremy Lin could do in Houston. It's going to be a fun NBA season. The season's too long for me to watch every single game. I think the Celtics are going to be able to compete for the Eastern Conference title again. Hopefully. Hopefully. What do you think for about the sake of the show. What do you think about your geriatric Knicks? Uh. I think what's important is that uh, Amari Stoudemire is injured, by the way, that Amari be healthy. Um, I think that the, the Knicks can they can win some games. They have talent on this team, folks. Don't ever don't ever mistake that. But they just need to come together and play well. I think they can do some damage. But I'm curious, and I'm not, and we talked about this on the way in. I want to see what the Nets can do in Brooklyn. I want to see if the Nets are going to do anything. I mean, I know I have some some friends over at the uh, the local church who are huge uh, Nets fans. Apparently, I don't know how you can be a huge Nets fan because they're terrible. But um, that's what I want to see, sir. I want to see what the Nets do because they could be a player in the uh, in the East, sir. They can sure be a player. Um, but the Heat right Players. now, the Heat with LeBron James. We're going to see if LeBron James is hungry to win another title. He won his title. He got the monkey off his back. I don't know if he's going to be hungry enough to win another title. It takes a lot of dedication. You look at the Lakers. They they got Steve Nash on their team. They got Dwight Howard. Kevin Nash? Uh, no, Steve Nash. Oh, okay. So they're an older team, but they're an improved team. It'll be interesting to see how far they go, considering that they are an older team, just like the Celtics. Uh, Celtics without Ray Allen now on Miami. They have Jason Terry. I think that Rondo needs to carry that team. Garnett, you know, played great last year. Let's see if he lives up to his new contract that he got. Um, The Knicks should be okay. I think they're going to win about 40 to 45 games. Um, And then you look at the Thunder. That's a team that my prediction is – this might sound biased, but I think it's going to be the Boston Celtics against the uh, the Oklahoma City I'm Thunder. Still, by the way, I'm still pissed at the Celtics for not beating the Heat because they had that game. They so have. they had the series. They should have won. They make me sick, and you make me sick. I mean, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about this for the next minute before we go on break. I, I mean, you have just so much hatred for me, and it, I mean, it makes no sense. It's, How does it make no we're, sense? We're on Ironbound Radio, sixteen forty. Yeah, yeah, because you're talking of about me. Because have. I have been carrying this show on my back. I've been carrying so about two hundred pounds of dead weight on my back. Uh, I mean, who in their right true. mind? Who in their right mind decides? Let's sing the Mickey Mouse song. And my C. Ding dong. Who is it? Nikki Boyer replacing you as co-host. And- Live from 1640 AM Ironbound Radio in Newark, New Jersey, this is Pure Gold with your hosts, David and Joe. Laura Jean, thank you so much. Gotta love that. That's right, folks. We are coming at you live for the second part of our show. Normally, our show would be done, but we have another 30 minutes left, and we are going to be joined by the incomparable, the one and only, one of my only friends in the world, because after listening to the show, you can see why Joe and I are pretty much Losers. Christian Bale? Yeah, Christian Bale. Folks, we're joined by another loser, the one and only Hans, all the way from Clifton, New Jersey. Sir, how are you doing this evening? It's been a while. I'm doing good. I don't know about that loser comment. You're going to lose another friend if you keep that kind of talk up. (laughs) Well, you know, whatever. It happens. Sir, you haven't been on the show in quite a while. Joe has been complaining. He's been kvetching. He's been moaning. He's been been crying. I've been quoting Batman lines to you for the last three months. And that's exactly why I've been not calling in. I can't take it. I had to go see psychiatric help because of all the Batman lines popping into my everyday life. And, folks, the funny thing about this is this is all true, other than the psychiatric help part. uh, But Joe, literally, the only time he ever communicates with Hans is stupid Batman lines from stupid Batman Begins, and he'll quote them ad nauseum to the point where it's disgusting. But, sir, we're actually going to talk a little bit about Batman Begins later, and Joe will find out why. What do you have for us this evening? Well, I'm here to talk about the new television season. We're going to discuss some of the shows that have premiered, are going to premiere, and some of the shows that came back from, from their off seasons during the summer. Okay, shoot. Give the first one. All right. Well, right off the bat, we're, since uh, we brought up Batman, we're going to bring up a DC show that's new, and it's Arrow. That's pretty much on fire right now, since it just got a full season only after airing two episodes. Wow. That, that, that's amazing, sir. I know I have a ton of notes to talk about Arrow, so why don't you go first, and then I'll kind of piggyback off what you're saying. Well, all right, Um, Arrow is based off of uh, the Green Arrow. Not many people are are big Green Arrow fans. I know I wasn't in any aspect of of comic book collecting or anything like that. So I really didn't have high hopes when this show came out. Actually, I was hoping to hate it so I didn't have to add it to the roster of shows that, that I watch. But surprisingly enough, it's a great show. A little, there's minor nuances that I could do without, but overall, it's a watchable show. It's pretty decent. Well, I think it's better than watchable, sir. Um, you know, with all the things that I have here, I got I got to tell the folks out there, anyone who's been listening, and those of our new listeners here in Newark, um, I have, you and I specifically, because Joe could care less, we have ripped this show to no end before. We thought the idea was terrible. We hated it. We thought so many bad things were going to happen on this show. Typical. Yeah, typical, of course. But, you know, there's a couple things that I'd like to mention that I don't like. And when I was going over my notes, I said to myself, wow, I really do like this show. But if you hear the, if you look at all the notes and everything, you would think I hate it. First thing, sir, and I know you're going to agree with me on this, the narration, 
is by far the worst part of the show. Horrible. Some actors are, are built to do narrations, to do voiceover. Uh, Stephen Arnell is not one of those. They need to either do away with the narration or bring on somebody who's done it before, Game Earls, Jones, anybody, well, but not him. Sir, and Joe, would it make any sense to have, after you have this guy who's the voice of the show, you're going to have James Earl Jones do the narration for Arrow? Nope. Somebody. <laughs> Good. Thanks for chiming in, Joe. That was great. Now, all right, another thing I didn't mention, you can chime in on this, sir. Yes. I do not like at all the mom being the villain. It reminds me way too much of Lionel. The mom's the villain? Yeah, the mom. Now basically yeah. what happens is the father dies in an accident. You yeah. find that at the end of the second episode, for those of you who haven't watched it, which is last week's episode, yep. um, that she was behind somehow the, the accident that caused his father to die, the shipping you know, destroyed or whatever the case is. Okay. It's too much like Smallville. I mean, there's so many things that, that are like Smallville, like the mansion. But, sir, I mean, you liked the Lionel character, correct? I, I did. He was great, but this is a rehash of it, except it's a mom this time. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty bad. So... Uh, so far, I've I've gotten the um, the vibe that you guys don't like the show. No, no, we do like the show. Oh, okay. But you're gonna we hear a couple absolutely other love the show. Uh, it's a great show, but you're gonna hear a couple more things that I don't like. Yeah, go ahead, sir. And again, this will tie into Joe. Yes. I know you agree with me on this, sir. Yes. Uh, Mr. Hans. Oh. Way too much like Batman Begins. The whole rich, drunk, sloppy, jalopy playboy, who's played much better by uh, Robert Downey Jr. or Christian Bale. Um, I think that the, the weakest part of Stephen Amell's character and his acting is when he's Oliver, uh, like funny Oliver. He's better as, uh, you know, basically he's better as the, the Green Arrow character versus Oliver. But that whole that whole nonsense is too much. Um, Dinah Laura Lance, who's supposed to be the Black Canary, is, uh, you know, Rachel Dawes. I mean, sir, was she not the worst, Joe, I'm speaking to, was she not the worst part of the Batman films? <laughs> she was definitely one of the worst. Yeah, she was a terrible actress, either Katie Holmes or Maggie Gyllenhaal, and now this girl, who's a pretty good actress, uh, Katie Cassidy, I believe her name is. Hans, um, give me your take on that. I mean, that whole too much like uh, like uh, Batman Begins or what? Well, like you hit the head on the nail. It, it's taken too much from Batman. It's taken too much from Iron Man, too much from Smallville. It, it's supposed to be its own show. Granted, it's on the same network, and right. it's the same type of characters, but... They could have really done something differently with him. The drunken, rich playboy philanthropist is played out. We've seen it with all these other characters do something different. He doesn't have to be a drunk, rich guy. He could be someone honorable. A drunk, rich douche. He could take over the. Yeah, he could take over his father's company and do good by it while still being a, a hero at night. I don't see the reason why. He, he has to be, in Joe's words, a douche. Well, that was actually me. But, you know, what's interesting, oh. too, is that, you, again, going back to Batman Begins, the whole saving the city, the dirty city, going to the... It's like the, it's like the narrows from Batman Begins, so that part I don't like. Now, Joe, I do have some stuff that I do like, sir. Would I, you like to hear it? Yeah, I want to ask you a question, though. Please. Do they um, follow this uh, show? Does it follow to the... Like, to the T of the comics? It does not follow the T at all, actually, not because... at all. The, the, and Hans, you mentioned this today when we were talking off the air. The sister, who... He doesn't even have a sister. She actually replaces uh, Speedy, who was one of his... Originally, it was a guy, and then it was a girl who actually ends up having AIDS, and I don't know if they're going that, that route. But the Thea Mia Reardon character, which is who his sister is, she was actually another comic book character, completely separate, so she's not his sister. The mom and the dad both die in the accident, 
Um, Oliver does not wear ridiculous green face paint on his face. He actually has a mask. Um, he wasn't the rich. I mean, he was kind of a sloppy mess. Uh, so that that was was part of it. Um, you know, the whole that so that whole aspect of it is incorrect. They mixed up some of the characters, but the core of what they had is is right. It is him. They also changed the name of the city. So imagine Gotham is actually Gotham Town versus Gotham. I mean, that's what they did with Starling City. All right, enough of the negative. Uh, what do you like about the show? Hans, you first, sir. What do you like about the show? Well, I kind of like it that it's not sticking to the comic books. Like I said before, uh, I was never uh, a Green Arrow fan, so the, the changes in the story... I, I I dig them. It adds to the drama of the show. It, it's adding to the storyline, except for the mom being a bad guy. Like Dave said before, it's too much like Lionel. As Wait, a matter of fact, I believe they're still in the same mansion as the Luthers. <laughs> they just changed the, the decorations on the wall. That's something you like. Uh, but, I hate that, actually. <laughs> um, well... Yeah, besides that, I, I like the changes in the story. I, I kind of like that it doesn't stick to, to the to the comic books, which is very rare for me because, uh, as Dave will, will attest that, I'm very big on them sticking to, to comic book uh, lore. But in this right. case, it's not a big deal because uh, I don't know Green Arrow like that. He, he was never one of my favorite characters. Uh, like I said, I like the drama that they're building up to with, with the mom being... Uh, the bad guy. Uh, one of the things I don't like, uh, I have to mention, is so his fighting uh, style. Um, yep. He he doesn't <laughs> seem natural at it. He just, it's very <laughs> stiff to me. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because um, you, you be, having been in the military, you, you do know a bit about fighting and whatnot, and it's interesting you'd pick on that. Um, I, I have to say, though, on the positive aspect, that's something that I wouldn't notice, honestly. And on the positive aspect of it, um, I think the lead actor, Stephen Amell, is, is doing a good job. Like I said, he's not too convincing when he's a crazy drunk playboy, but other than that, he's good. Katie Cassidy is good as Dinah, Laurel Lance. Um, and I really like his bodyguard, John Diggle. I think he's a, he's like a Pete, you know, the token black guy, but he's not because there's another black guy in the show. Uh, Got to throw that out there. Um, but, he's like Martian Manhunter. Yes, exactly. He's like Martian Manhunter, and, you know, he did the whole Afghanistan thing. He's he's slowly, actually quickly catching on to the fact that there's way more to Oliver than anybody else sees. So I do like that. And now I can finally understand why they did not use, and this is a big bone of contention for me, why they didn't use the same actors for Smallville, because with the story they want to tell, they couldn't use um, they couldn't use Justin Hartley. They couldn't use the lady who, I forget her name, who played uh, Black Canary in the, in the Smallville show. So they had to do a total redo. But again, I have to say this, and I know you're going to love this, Hans, or hate it. They still should have done it my way. They should have called me up here on Pure Gold. They should have had me as the, one of the writers and producers. <clears throat> this show should be called Bloodhaven. It should be about Nightwing. It would make way more sense. He's an acrobat. He doesn't have to be a playboy, but he still has money. They could have Barbara Gordon in there. They could have all this great stuff based on the comics. That actually makes sense. But but Mr. Oliver Hardy, Oliver Queen, whatever his name is, Ace of Spades, well, I, don't, I don't care what his name is. The guy is an interesting character, very interesting, but sir... He, this should not be about him. This should be about me. I mean, this should be about Nightwing. Bloodhaven. Let me, Tune in. CW next year. You're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Let me, let me recap so far uh, what, we've, uh, what, what I've learned about Arrow so far. So, yeah, I love the show. Here's three things that I love about it, but here's 45 things that I hate about it. But guess what? I love the show. I love it. I love it. It's great, Hans. Is it, it not? It is wouldn't it be. Good be... Sickos. 
it wouldn't be me and Dave if we didn't tear it apart. And it wouldn't be pure gold if we didn't tear it apart. Honestly, I, I, I honestly believe, sir, and you're gonna you're gonna love this. I truly believe that this show can replace Smallville. In in it's the already show pure gold. No, no, no. You, I hate oh. you for that statement, and I will punch you in the mouth when I see you for making it. But look, the reason live I'm saying, and on the air. The reason I'm Woo. saying. <laughs> Woo! Uh, hi to all my family listening and watching right now. Um, I think that the reason this show can replace Smallville is because the other day, I have to admit, I woke up early in the morning to do a little workout. I'm trying to get buff. I'm trying to fill in this Captain America shirt properly as my chair just broke again for a second time. Sure. But I have to say, going back to what I was saying, it's pure garbage indeed. Uh, Nelson, let's get some new chairs in here. Thanks. Anyway, um, I woke up super early to, to work out the other day. Yes, folks, you can see the guns here. I do work out. But aside from that... <laughs> Aside from that, um, <laughs> shut up, shut up. That was a good one. As I was saying before, I was so rudely interrupted by my soon-to-be ex-co-host. Uh, I'm watching Smallville like 6:30 in the morning on ABC Family, and I said to myself, "Man, there was a void in my in my heart, in my soul, missing Smallville." And I gotta say, this show may fill the spot because they. Can, the one thing you have to admit, sir, the and Tons, you two. The fights on Smallville were always terrible. The special effects were always terrible. And Clark had to use his powers. They were awful. And uh, other than that, this show can be more of a low-budget thing. It's got some really interesting and intriguing characters. Hans, come on. Say it live and on the air. This show is going to be good, and I think it'll be around for at least five years. Oh, God. I, I honestly believe that they can make uh, at least five five seasons out of this show if and they don't drag their cool. feet with the story parts. You're right, uh, but folks... But it will not be Smallville. It will never replace Smallville in my heart. You stop that. I just got some... Those vicious lies. I just got word from Nelson that the show was actually canceled, and uh, the show is gone. It's off the air, so thanks for talking about that. Yeah, I I do got some good news for you guys. You do? You have news? Yeah, December 4th, uh, Blu-ray DVD, The Dark Knight Rises. Ah, shut up. Moving right along, sir. We talked about Arrow and Up. What else is on the docket? And, and, folks, I'll be right back. I need to pick my chair. Yeah, I'll call to Hans. Go ahead, Hans. All right. Uh, another new show that didn't uh, get their their extended uh, play on, on the air is Made in Jersey. It was a, a lawyer show that canceled uh, after two airings, I believe, two or three airings, and it got chopped. First one of, of, the, of the new season. So, and, and that's on, I believe, CBS which doesn't bode well for them because they don't have that many uh, good shows going for them this, this season. Uh, what, wait, uh, I'm, I, don't, I don't mean to interrupt you, Hans. Uh, can we talk about my show? Can we talk about Revolution? <laughs> yes, we can. I love the show. Me too. I, I, that show, to me, could replace Lost. It has that much potential. Yes. <laughs> That's all you have to say. Yes. Why you just get, you're, the, you're the entertainment reporter. Give us a premise of what the show's about for people that are listening. All right. So, Revolution um, takes place in the present. Um, what happens is. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, some shows take take uh, place in different times, but this one takes place in the present. All the electronic devices, everything controlled. Uh, get shut off. We're back to basically the Stone Age. We're growing our crops. There's no internet. There's no TV. 
none of these things are present for the time being, except for a group of people who who have this. Joe, you know, I don't I don't even know what to call it. It's a necklace, yeah. and it has the power to 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 bring some of these computers, some man-made computers, back to to power to communicate between each other. I'm not even sure what's going on. It's a little confusing as to who's controlling what, but it's they're trying to get to this uh, the main so character's stop. brother who's been taken by the military leader or the militia's leader who says he isn't a bad guy but kind of is, kills people. His right-hand man is uh, probably pretty evil, which is... Uh, he does a hell of a performance as the bad guy. I've seen him on other shows as a bad guy, but on this one, he really takes the cake. I, I agree with you. The show's really good. It, it shows you what, uh, how much power, um, you know, just having electricity or not having electricity does. I mean, basically, the U.S. government is now abolished. You have a militia. Sounds about right if Obama gets reelected. Oh, sorry. What is that? Oh, there's a political statement for you. <laughs> But uh, I, I agree with you, Hans. The show really has potential. I think it could be a really good show. And it just got canceled. And it just got canceled. But, you know. <laughs> I actually, not for nothing, I hope the show gets canceled so Joe can rant and rave on it just like he did Knight with uh, no, Knight Rider. But what was the other show? The the government's, what's it? Oh, I it's forget. over. It's, um, Blair Underwood was in it. He was the lead actor. Yeah. I forget what the show was. The but event? Were, the, wait, the, wait, the event. Yes, the event. Joe was talking about the event like five years later. It's still still ranting and raving about how the show got canceled. So that is what gives us. The event was a good show. I'm yeah. siding with Joe. The event was a good show. Yeah. That shouldn't have gotten canceled. Knight Rider, on the other hand, should have uh, never been made. On, don't don't even start with the Knight Rider because if I have to go off on another Knight Rider tangent, I might have to. Your go. microphone will be cut, Nelson. Get ready to yeah, cut it. Nelson, mic. you're fired. Uh, but <laughs> seriously, my favorite show. Um, you've mentioned the, the uh, revolution on Channel 4, but my favorite show is on Thursday nights. And tell me you don't watch The Last Resort. The hell is that? I, I did start watching it. I don't think it, it is a good show, but I don't see it going past two or three seasons, Joe. Like I just... Wasn't me. <laughs> I just don't see where it can go. From 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 the point where it's at now, I do enjoy the actors. I think they're they're great actors. The the story is great, but I don't see it going anywhere. You know what's great about the the revolution and uh, last resort is that it seems like it's a statement on uh, today's government. I mean, this this is a show about a U.S. nuclear sub that gets orders to fire nuclear missiles into Pakistan, and all of a sudden, oh, that's just the submarine show. Oh, okay, oh okay. yeah, that's the submarine show. Huh? I didn't know that it was... DG joins us on Pure Gold. You're talking wait a minute, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Scott Speedman is... I know the show. Scott Speedman is in it. He was the lead actor in the Terrible Speed 2. And the guy from uh, that show with Ray Romano, I forget what it was called, the old dudes... Well, Hans, what, what's the show? The show that got canceled. Uh, it was on for a couple of seasons with Ray Romano, Andre Brogus, however you pronounce his name. The oh, actor. the Men of a Certain Age? Yeah. That was a really good show, so continue. I just had to say that I know what the show is. Thank you. Have a nice day. <laughs> yeah, as Nelson tells me, the Game of Thrones is the best show, but that's on HBO. People, I'm talking about network TV here. Uh, I'm talking about the new shows. I agree with you. Game of Thrones is good. Boardwalk Empire is good. HBO does have a lot of good shows. But Last Resort, I really think, is a fun show because I love nuclear subs. And, again, it's about the government. Wait, wait. Why do you love nuclear subs? <laughs> I'm 
I'm, I'm glad that you touched upon it, Dave, because I didn't know what to do with that statement. I love nuclear subs. What does that mean? What does that even mean, Joe? I'll tell you why I like nuclear subs. I said I meant nuclear sub movies, The Hunt for October, a couple other nuclear sub movies, you know, oh, okay. Crimson Tide. Yeah, you actually said you love nuclear subs, so I wonder why you're trying to get Yeah, and you sub. said you like turtles, so what, what's your point? I like turtles. What is the point, Joe? Anyway, Last Resort, it's a good show. I, I Maybe you're right, uh, Hans, but right now it's uh, it's intriguing to see uh, who actually... Who uh, <laughs> actually... You want to finish that thought, Joe? No, Joe, sorry, Joe's taking a. He's going to the bathroom real quick. He's he's taking care of business. Sorry, Joe, you're back. You were saying? Yeah, I was saying Nelson, don't play that boy in Los Please, I'm trying to talk here. And then you're get, flushing the toilet. Here. Get to the point, would you <laughs> the, please? The point is the show's just, almost over. You're losing half the audience in Newark. Get to the point. Obviously, I can't talk anymore. Hans, you got anything else? All right, uh, some other. New shows that I think are terrible are uh, the new one with Brandon Ralph, a.k.a. the former Superman, Partners. It, it's such a dumb show, so cliche. They need to get it off the air. The point is these two best friends grow up. They start an architect uh, company. Uh, one's gay. The other one isn't. And it just deals with their relationships. Brandon Ralph is... Uh, the gay guy's um, boyfriend, he's very non-emotional, very Superman-like, very no emotions, none of that. But it's just, it's not funny. I don't see the humor in it. I gave it a few episodes. It's just not funny. Another one, uh, the Mindy Project. Terrible. Mindy from The Office. She left to do her own show. She's the worst part of the whole show. And I told Dave if they replace her with somebody else, it would be a better show. She's just not funny. Not on her own, not trying to be a lead actress. When she's playing off the other characters on her show, she's great. The other characters are great. She is the worst part of that show. They need to get rid of her and keep going with the show. Uh, another one Dave hated is Elementary. It's a updated version of the Sherlock Holmes story Stupid. with a female... Watson. No, I'm sorry. Just just move on. I don't want to talk about a show that bastardizes the great Sherlock Holmes, the great Dr. Watson. Mo- keep it moving, sir. Thank you. All right. Sir, I said some, good to you, sir. Some shows that are returning and ending this season are, okay. let's see, That's Private right. Practice is uh, on its last season. Finally. That show What? So that show sucks. It's about time they canceled that stupid yeah. show. So after five seasons, they're they're shutting down. Let's see what else is Gossip Girl, also airing thirteen episodes, shutting down after I believe six seasons. And there's one more that I know of that's ending. Fringe also getting thirteen episodes, ending this season. Awesome, Hans. Listen, it was great having you on. As always, uh, hopefully these segments with you won't be ending this season as we start a new season here in Newark. Uh, maybe one of these days we can have you live and in the studio. I mean, th- this is like a sauna in here, so we can have a big old sweat box going on. With we just add extra people here, it'll be great, sir. Have a have a wonderful evening. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, a pleasure. Yours, of course. Thank you guys for having me. <laughs> have a good one, sir. 
Folks, the one only Hans, our bootleg entertainment reporter, and my wife is over here commenting to me that I am passionate. Absolutely, I am a passionate man. This show sucks. I don't want to hear about the... Kelly, no. Kelly, no, he's not passionate. He's negative. (laughs) He's negative about everything. You're fired. You're fired. This sucks. This sucks. Except for the show. I love the show, Arrow. Because this show is great. Shut up. Sir, we have a couple of minutes left. you got to hit us off with this. I'm going to play the soundbite, your favorite segment of the evening. So we're not going to talk wrestling? No, hell no, Russ. We can't. We don't have any time. Make time. <laughs> we spent so much time talking all this other garbage that we don't have time to sit here and, and talk about wrestling. I mean, you know, it, the show is at seven thirty, if I'm not mistaken. So we need to look at this. Nelson. Get Nelson. By the way, is our is our quote unquote producer who's sending us all these uh, offensive comments here in the chat room. I just had to make that mention. You keep hearing us talk about Nelson, but sir, lay it on us. They stink. That was loud. <laughs> that was loud. Wow. And didn't Nelson tell you to, like, lower the sound voice? He did, but I had to make sure that they stink was loud enough for everyone to hear it. You know, I mean, that's the most important part. I said, let's try to get They stink! Better. Better. Go, sir. The Evil Empire. <laughs> the Bronx Bombers. The um, 27-time world champions. Get to the point. Joe Girardi. Robinson Cano. Don't you know? Mark Teixeira. Text message. Curtis Granderson. The Grandy Man can. CC Sabatia. I have nothing for CC. Charleston Chu. Charleston Chu, whatever his name is. <laughs> you all stink. I mean, forgot about A Rod. Teams go through injuries throughout the year. Yes, you, you fought great in September, but you know what? When adversity hit you in the face against a team, a real team in the Detroit Tigers. <laughs> You spit the bit, you got swept, you got humiliated. Embarrassed. You're a disgrace, and, and more of a disgrace than the Mets because, you know what, you're the Yankees. You're the New York Yankees. You're expected to win. You have to win. You spend money up the wazoo to win. And what do you do? You, haven't, you won one title in the last 12 years and spent over, what, over half a billion dollars on uh, people that are not clutch. Yeah, they might be great in the regular season, but you know what? The Detroit Tigers really whooped you this time, and they they swept you. They you went out with a whimper. As soon as Derek Jeter went down, there goes your hopes for for even winning one game. You got swept, like I said, and you know what? You stink. We'll see you in April, as my dad would say. We'll see see you in April. Because they stink. Sir, I have to say yes. That, <laughs> I have to say that that is the absolute worst of all the they stink segments. You sound like you're in a coffin, like you're in a tomb. I realize that I just fired you on the air, live on it. But come on, you got to show a little bit more emotion than that. I, mean, I don't, No, I don't need to show emotion for the Yankees. They stink. <laughs> you were going nuts about them two weeks ago, sir. And you can go to hell. <laughs> well, folks, it uh, looks like that's about all the time that we have here. I don't know what the deal's with my former co-host. But, of course, uh, thank you for tuning in so much. The interesting thing about this, folks, is that we will not be here for the next two weeks Next week is the Halloween. Joe's going to be doing I don't know what. The following week, Joe will be on vacation with his family. Think about that. His family is important. Unbelievable. I got fired, and you're talking about you're, my vacation. You're right. Months. You're going to be going on vacation. But we thank everyone for listening so much. We'll be back November 14th with last year's Miss New Jersey, Brielle LaCosta. It's going to be great. Make sure to check us out, puregopg.com. Check out our brand-new website, ir1640.com, where, of course, you can chat with us, chat it up, do everything. Thanks. Uh, special thanks to all the – Folks in the chat room, thanks to Bill or Moogly Cute. 
Uh, great job, Bill. So unfortunately, we didn't have time to get you on. Next time, we will absolutely have you on the show. Make sure you check us out. Once again, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all that other goodness. And before we go, make sure, folks, that you go to the Iberia Restaurants in Newark, New Jersey, Iberia Tavern, and Iberia Peninsula for the best food from Portugal and Spain, 80 to 84, 80-84, Ferry Street, 973-344-7603. Check them out. Three W's, IberiaRestaurants.com. Folks, that is all the time we have. Thank you so much for joining us. It was a pleasure. And again, thanks to Nikki Boyer. She was awesome. My soon-to-be new co-host. Oh, what's the name of your show? Uh, pure Gold. Pure Gold. Yes, sir. I got two words for you. Pure <laughs> Gold. Good night, everyone. Go watch Arrow. It's on the air in about 20 minutes. Woo!